Welcome to Destination Marriage, a podcast about successfully navigating the winding roads of marriage. Whether you're newlyweds, engaged, looking to get married, or have been married for years, we want to share with you how we have navigated those winding roads over the past 19 years in our marriage. Join us on this journey as we talk about real life experiences in a marriage and what we have learned along the way. We discuss love, travel, fitness, raising kids, friendships, and much more, all from the perspective of our lives together. Happiness, love, grace, passion are some of the things we all strive for in a marriage, and we invite you to take this journey with us. Welcome Welcome to to Destination Destination Marriage. Welcome to episode 21 of Destination Marriage. I'm Jackie. And I'm Tommy. And we're thrilled to have you join us on this journey today. So today we want to talk about preparing your teen or teens for relationships that will have significant impact in their lives. So there certainly are a number of relationships, um, you know, dating, friendships, also other mentors or kind Mm -hmm. of outside adults and influences, whether it be teachers or coaches or you know, friends, parents. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about all of them and kind of put some perspective for the, the different types of relationships. But I think honestly, we'll, what we're mostly going to talk about is more on the friendship and, and really the dating mm-hmm. type of uh, impact that those relationships have and preparing your kids and your teenagers right. for them. So kind of before we really jump into some of the more practical kind of conversation around, you know, what to do and what we've done and different ideas maybe let's talk like big picture and kind of Mm -hmm. look at you know what I guess the first question I have for you baby is you know what boundaries kind of what big picture boundaries do you put on your your teenagers in particular um to kind of prepare them for these types of relationships yeah um well I think that boundaries definitely need to be set from the very beginning before they start to have these relationships, whether it's, um, you know, it just changes, obviously the scenery changes once you become a teenager and, you know, the amount of time you invest in friendships or and their independence. a boyfriend yeah. or a girlfriend, and of course they're independent. So obviously things have changed since we were teenagers. Some things, you know, obviously those boundaries would still be in place as far as, you know, knowing their whereabouts. I mean, I think you should know where your child is and who they're associating you know, themselves with, who they're spending their time with. Um, Because obviously if they're spending a lot of time with a certain group of kids or a girlfriend or a boyfriend, that can obviously um, influence, you know, how their their behavior, you know, um, the choices that they're making. So I think really knowing their whereabouts and definitely access to their phone. I mean, we track, (laughs) we we track, well, we don't track our older one. I mean, obviously he's out of the house, but, um, you know, Dylan's of an age where obviously we're going to track his every move. Um, and he's very early into his teens now. So, yeah. you know, as he and wants he knows to it. dip and we his tell, toe. We're not, we're not oh, hiding no, the fact that not, we're tracking him. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Um, even if it was, I mean, even if I were maybe sneak going behind the scenes and he didn't know, I mean, he's 13. Um, right. So that's kind of my right, I guess, as yeah. his parent, if I'm paying for the phone to know what's going on, who's communicating with my child. And we have, but, we have filters and we have, I mean, we through iCloud, we have our track on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. We can all see each other's whereabouts anytime. Right. And there's so many great options out there. Yeah. I would say, you know, moms and dads, there's so many great options out there to monitor your child on social media. Um, so absolutely still having access to their social media. And 
everyone has different thoughts on whether your child should have social media at all. Yeah, um, that's a know. tough one, especially as they get older, right? I mean, it it's is. so much easier when they're little. Absolutely, to just, like they don't you even control watch it. who they're around, what they're what they see. Right. You know, as they as they get older, it, it becomes harder and harder, and mm-hmm. you know that balance between a boundary and you know like really hard and fast rules to prevent mm-hmm. them from you know hurting getting hurt at all right it's a really tough balance right so i think boundaries first and foremost are evolve with age and maturity mm-hmm. but absolutely have to be in there and the biggest one is is tracking who they're with and where they are right well the other thing is i think setting boundaries actually makes your child feel safer yeah. You know, even if they may initially give you a little bit of pushback, well, why can't I have, you know, TikTok or um, Snapchat or, you know, whatever else teenagers want to engage in on social media, um, they may complain for a little while. Ultimately, it makes them feel safe and secure. And I think in communicating that to your child that you are obviously looking out for their best interest, they may not initially, like I said, embrace it <laughs> but i think yeah. they'll appreciate it in the long run and i'm talking about younger teens and then as they get older you know obviously continuing to set those boundaries and having a watchful eye with their whereabouts who they're around social media access to their phone um yeah we i mean we i think we did a pretty good job i think more so with our younger and i mean like like most mm-hmm. <laughs> most children like you learn you, sometimes the older one gets the worst of, you know, your mistakes the and first you, you learn. Yeah. Like your first pancake, not mine. Mm-hmm. My first pancake is always good. <laughs> the, well, not side everybody note, knows. Okay. Side note, Jackie is a fantastic cook. Amazing cook. Thank you. But pancakes are just her, uh, just, it's her, it's her Achilles heel. I in cannot the make kitchen. a pancake to save my life. It's always bad. I don't understand I, it. I don't either. And mine Dylan, come out golden brown. Perfect. Yeah. Dylan will try to get me to do it. Like if you were traveling Uh and it sometimes will take me four pancakes to throw out to get a decent one pancake and it's still not good. All right. You're a great cook. (laughs) So I've given up on the pancakes. I think we, I I believe we've done a pretty decent job with explaining why the Mm -hmm. why with Dylan, especially. And we did a lot with Brandon too. And and it's not just, these aren't rules just to have rules so we can be strict parents. There's Mm -hmm. a reason. And we explained that to him. Both of right. them pretty well, I think. It's but important. with Brandon, there wasn't actually as much social media. Yeah, it was not as aggressive as um, it was now. You know, it wasn't as encouraged because they didn't have uh, t- they didn't have the TikTok or Snapchat, and I think Instagram was maybe kind of slowly. You it was know, most, mostly adults back then. Yeah, yeah it really wasn't. It wasn't a big thing for him, and it's not. It wasn't attached not to a Facebook. thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, yeah. and he yeah. wasn't really big on Facebook. Um, but then of course, you know, setting the boundaries on where they're allowed to go. And that evolves as they turn 16, they get their license. Now they're driving, you know, it's where they're allowed to go. How far they're allowed to go Mm -hmm. is also crucial because, and and we tracked them during that time. It doesn't change that you track your kid at 16. Of course you you should. Yeah. For their safety. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We never put one of the, there's. You I know there's a, a tracker lot. in a car, I think. Yeah, and which kind of tracks speed and an actual that you know keeps like a log of GPS, and it's mm-hmm. pretty it's pretty cool. One of my old one of my coworkers did it for his son, and he sent me a snapshot of what he can see. Yeah, and so he could tell his son went. Oh, he went to practice. Then he went to this one restaurant he always goes to, yeah. and he can track track his speed, which right. is important, especially for dumb teenage boys mm-hmm. like I was, I would have been in big trouble if my parents would have tracked my speed on yeah, my that's... 1981 Pontiac Grand Prix. 
didn't really get that fast. <laughs> I was going to say, how fast did that go? <laughs> so I, I mean, I, they evolve, right? And I think mm-hmm. it, partly it's based on the maturity, not just age, but the maturity of your kid mm-hmm. and their responsibility and their willingness to accept the roles and not try to break them for the sake of breaking them. Right. I mean, I heard I heard something um, actually this morning, which was kind of ironic that we're since we're recording this. The timing. Was the perfect. timing was perfect. Yeah. Not ironic, but um, kind of a big picture theme here is like, it, it was the saying is like rules without relationship equals rebellion. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those rules could be very strict guidelines or suffocating restrictions that essentially create a prison. Yeah. In the mind of your kid. And guess what happens outside relationships can easily be seen as an escape from that prison that you created as parents. So having that relationship and explaining to your kids why you're doing rules and why you're putting these things in place for their own safety and for their own, um, growth Mm -hmm. is, is important. Yeah. You know, you still need the rules, but you have to have that relationship with your kids and kind of come alongside them. Yeah. I think so. We never did the speed tracker though. That we never did. No, we never did. I actually don't think that's a bad idea. Let's say your child has already shown that they can't be trusted when it comes to speeding. Maybe they got their first ticket. I remember when you got your first ticket in high school. Yeah, I was 16. Yeah. Brandon was always a safe driver, though. He was. I think we're going to have to put a speed tracker on Dylan's car. We might have to. (laughs) I think he's more like me. (laughs) Too fast, too furious. Stop. (laughs) So one thing I, I think is really important when we look at the boundaries and the rules you set up for your kids Mm -hmm. is first kind of, you know, especially if they're really strict rules and you want to put all these things in place is kind of as a parent, take a look in the mirror first Mm -hmm. and be honest about why are you making these rules, you know, that are so strict and are these, your kids feel like they're suffocated and they, you know, certain, certainly kids are going to, you know, be emotional at times and throw a fit about, you know, you're no, you don't let me do anything or, you know, but if you do have these types of suffocating rules that are just, just killing your kids, mm-hmm. take a look in the mirror. Cause a lot of times I think it probably comes from fear or hurt in your life. Things mm-hmm. maybe you went through that you in kind of in a noble manner want to not to have your kid go through that, mm-hmm. but you end up doing more damage than you do good and protecting them. Because if you keep them in a bubble or keep them in a prison, yeah, they're just going to rebel when they don't have, when you're not around. And it's yeah, going to be, it can really be yeah. more dangerous, I think. I don't disagree. I mean, then you kind of plant those seeds of fear of, you know, I don't want them to make the same mistakes that I made. And so you subconsciously then act out and with those rules, maybe lead with an iron fist that's driven by fear and it's unhealthy. It absolutely is unhealthy. Or, you know, the kids may then just because you're constantly feeding them, well, I did this and I did that. They may then do those very same things because then you're already kind of planting those seeds that that's who they are. You know, they're going to model after that, but, and, or I don't think yeah, that, of, that definitely happens, but you could also, it also could then cause those kids to rebel to be, if they don't rebel yeah. to be so compliant and wussy mm-hmm. that when they get out in the real world, they can't even like handle themselves. You mean soft, whatever, soft, <laughs> wussy, I mean, whatever. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a little, I have a tone here. Soft. I have a tone here, but I think the reality is you have to train your kids to be ready and prepared for the real world because yeah. the real world is hard. Mm-hmm. It's not forgiving. So 
But that's a little aggressive. I apologize. Well, you wouldn't say that to your child. I'm saying I know that you're trying to really just lay the right foundation for them so they can, once they come of age, they yeah. have, you know, they're obviously very um, confident in who they are and mm-hmm. they have thick skin essentially. But um, I know what you're trying to say, obviously. But um, so the other piece is like where to plug your kids into find like the right kinds of friends. You know, obviously we want yeah. them to make the right choices with who they surround themselves with. And, you know, also potential dating relationships, you know, a date up, whether it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend, like we want to make sure that we're plugging them into the right environments so they can find the right friends or, you know, obviously, you know, once they move into dating as well. So how do you do that? You know, thinking around, okay, where, where can you plug your child in? Especially now, okay, Dylan's 13. Right. And, you know, because he's in a, we're in a pretty densely populated area and uh, he's in a public school, most of his friends are kind of within biking distance. So that's mm-hmm. kind of easy as far as his school friends. Right. For for Dylan, I he made a lot of friends last year. Unfortunately, this year it's really kind of the last, well, I guess the second semester of sixth grade and then this first few weeks of seventh grade, it's been hard because he's not having that social yeah. interaction. But this year definitely put a damper on the social life. That's for everybody, not just. No, I, but I'm saying as far as where do you plug him in, for yeah. him, like his band, he really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. We kind of pushed the issue of getting him in extracurriculars this this last year and it really made a lot of good friends from yeah band. and so that's Obviously been great sports too sports yes yeah sports can be great you know mm-hmm. it's a challenge right now for us because of the team he's on it the kids are spread out all over the area he's on a like kind of a travel advanced mm-hmm. soccer league team but it's not a kind of a local team anymore but yeah now you've got like-minded kids that are mm-hmm. you know there's nothing like being on a team right whether it's band or some other artistic effort or mm-hmm. sports or anything that team you build something yeah obviously great. you're building that camaraderie yeah and learning how to work well with others mm-hmm. and also having a, a, just a understanding that it's not all about you um you know it's a team effort you know you have to learn to play nice with everyone in the sandbox so i think it's really good to be a part of a sports or sports team or the band or any type of extracurricular i think that's a really great way to meet other friends you know when it comes to potential girlfriend or boyfriend obviously you know most kids not this year but they would be in school school that's probably the number one place that's where we met Right. right. Um, but church, you know, I mean, if, if you belong to a church, it's also a really great way. Shared beliefs is, is yeah. really important. Because you're probably, you know, if you're also going to church, going to the same school, then you probably also maybe have similar friends, you yep. know, and then it might be easier because, you know, you can obviously get to know their family, um, which is another thing. You know, obviously you would want to potentially know a little bit more about their friends or their potential boyfriend or girlfriend, that's a really great way. So how much do you push yeah. it? How much do you think you push it for What's that? push the, that agenda with older teens that kind of have more of an idea, like a junior, what senior, a, and high school type situation? What agenda? Like, I need to get to know plug them? Plug them into more, no, no, plugging them into, kind of forcing them to plug into other activities or, you know, you know, because it's hard, right? Because now they're older and they've got maybe their little core group of friends and all they want to do is just hang out with that core group of friends all the time. Yeah, I think it's hard to do it past probably past the age of 15. It's hard, especially once they start driving. Yeah, they once they start driving, they either have friends that have cars or they have cars. And now they're kind of really mm-hmm. doing their own thing. Yeah, I think it's de- definitely more difficult. And if, looking back, um, you know, I probably would have forced the issue more for Brandon to really plug into additional extracurriculars at school yeah, not outside his, of sports. Not that his friends, it wasn't an issue with friends. It no. was, it was more of 
he could have expanded his his kind of his he own could have expanded circle. his social circle and yeah. you know there's obviously you know he had a, a great a group of friends that all played soccer but then you know it's really great to be a part of like i was on yearbook you mm-hmm. know that's a whole other set of friends and maybe friends that i cheered with you know obviously right. there are only girls that are on the cheering squad with me at the time so you know yearbook was like a different group of kids and you know obviously it was guys and girls or if you're in choir or band I wish I had done that um I think we both agree you know kind of encouraging him I think if you can start doing that at 13 and 14 and they start you know obviously plugging themselves in making those friends it's easier as they get older and they'll be more open to trying new things yeah absolutely still have to have boundaries though right like it's Mm -hmm. it's still within the boundaries that you set within your own home you know just let them go off and do whatever they want with no, whoever they want, right? These are I'm saying the the boundaries that we discussed in the beginning are still in place. Yeah, and one of the things that we did and we encouraged was our home to be uh, like a fun and safe place for in a place where Brandon's friends would want to come when he did have yeah his his license. You know, a lot of the, our house was always just a calm and things to do and good food in the fridge and. Mm-hmm. You know, some homes, you know, some not it's not a knock on people that don't have that environment. It's just something that we tried to foster and we were intentional about it. We wanted those kids to be here once so we can keep an eye on them and find mm-hmm. out who his friends are. But right. so that Brandon and, you know, when Dylan now, Dylan, our well, house Dylan is still now. kind of a hub for yeah. Dylan's friends. Dylan's friends. A lot of times they'll come over here. It is. It's nice. It gives me peace of mind mm-hmm. just to know that they're safe. You know, they're, they're playing. They're just doing what kids hearing, should do. I can hear their conversations. Yeah. Right. I can hear their conversations. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's good, I think. And it also makes your child. I think it builds a confidence in your your kids, you know, to know that, oh, everybody can come to my house. And, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, my my parents embrace it and we can have fun and. I just think it sets a really good tone if you can create that environment. And like, yes, I agree. Not everybody has the opportunity to do that. But I remember your when your mom would have everybody over. My, my mother in law would make hub. my mother in law would make, um, and I wasn't always there, but she always had the football team or the baseball team there, and she would make all of this food, and they literally would just come over and just devour like three or four casseroles, casseroles and yeah. however many pies or cookies she would make. <laughs> well, we and had, I always loved that about her. Yeah. I mean, our house was, you know, we went to a private school, so the kids lived everywhere. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a public school where everybody's in a you know certain smaller geographic area. And our house was like five minutes from school. So it was it's always the, it was the, the central hub. But your parents loved it. They, they, they did love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm glad we incorporated that here at the house. Yeah. And it's intentional. I think now that we've got Dylan and his friends, um, We'll get in round two. <laughs> yeah. As as Dylan, you know, moves through the teen years. So. So I think as a, we've been talking a lot about friendships, mm-hmm. and that's been the focus so far. Kind of back to like a big picture question for you. You know, what do you? How do you encourage kind of debate and discussion around the about rules and boundaries with your kids, especially with with friendships and with with dating, but mm-hmm. or or with other adult potential adult you know, coaches and cause I've had conversations with the boys about coaches and things that the coaches have said, and mm-hmm. I've had to put it in perspective for the boys just so that they understand, you know, mm-hmm. this is what a coach's role is and here's why they're saying those things. Right. But also, um, one of the things I, I remember with Brandon is I always told him cause you know, kids complain, they get in the mm-hmm. car after a game, the coach, man, the coach, this coach, that, or mm-hmm. the other team's coach, blah, blah, blah. And I've had to, 
you know, put things in perspective around being a coach and sometimes, you know, getting yelled at by some other human being as an adult mm-hmm. or as a child is hard, you know, by another adult getting yelled at is, is difficult. But I always ensure, assured them that I'm always keeping an eye out on the coaches too. And if I feel that they stepped over a line, I'll step in. But, right. you know, so they're kind of that safe boundary, but it's still a boundary, right? And mm-hmm. they still have to understand, um, you know, who's allowed to speak into our kids' lives. Right. And to be teachable. I think you've said that multiple times to be, or be coachable. coachable. Absolutely. Um, Kind of the same thing. Coachable, teachable. It's really the same thing. I honestly, you know, I had never really been the one to have that conversation around, you know, the coach's communication style and how they're to be respectful of that and be coachable. Mm -hmm. That's really been your avenue. Um, Obviously because you played sports and, you know, that's just been your conversation with the boys. I've had more of a conversation around, um, maybe friendships, um, or dating obviously with Brandon, but you know, I haven't really had that with Dylan yet. It's been more around friendships. So, um, you're saying like, how do I encourage that? Like having those discussions? Yeah. How do you, how do you just, you know, how do you strike that balance between here's the rules Mm -hmm. and then allowing them to kind of have input into some of the rules? Yeah. Right. I think one of the things that I feel like I've done right consistently is I'm a very good listener with the boys. So Mm -hmm. I've learned not to interrupt when they want to share something and it may not be something that I agree with immediately, but they need to express that fully to me. So they feel heard. Um, or it could be, you know, they're expressing something cause they're unsure of, you know, whatever that relationship may, may be that friendship or how they feel about a friend or a girl. Um, you know, I think that first of all, be a great listener. Um, it'll encourage them to want to speak with you about friendships or relationships or whether it's, you know, something that they're experiencing at school or maybe on the field, you know, something that they're going to come bring it to you more so than they would me. But the first thing would be, be a really good listener. I think that encourages them and ask questions, you know, check in with your child. Um, you know, I always talk to the boys about the importance of friendships. Mm hmm. More so just kind of from my perspective or my friendships and the ones that have been meaningful friendships in my life, I've been very open with them about the good ones and the bad. So, <laughs> they, <laughs> so they know not, not in a, in a negative way, like, Oh, you know, well, just angry. So, or, so you prepare them so they, yeah, they can, just open conversation so that they learn to, to be, to be mindful of situations. Cause I think for kids, it's much easier to let another kid that you want to be friends with kind of maybe, you know, roll over you, like kind of if they are being kind of a bully or not mm-hmm. being a good friend, it's easy. It's hard to stand up for yourself in a friendship when you're 13. Yeah. I think in general, right. Boys, girls, doesn't really matter. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's it much harder. Be. It can't for a lot of people. I really just don't, oh, they're not yeah. sure, you know, they're not sure enough of themselves. Well, breaking yeah. up with a friend, I think at any age, if you have to step away from a friendship at any age, that's awkward. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're still going to school with them and yeah. And, and you're seeing them every day and they're part of, you know, they're friends with other friends. Yeah. You know? So um, I remember a <laughs> funny story just came to mind. I remember with, with our older son, when he was about Dylan's age, mm-hmm. Uh, we, me and him were out in the front yard, me and Brandon were out in the front yard doing a bunch of lawn work. I don't remember what it was, raking leaves or mowing or whatever it was. Probably raking leaves. And one of his friends, a couple of his friends came over and it really just bothered me. And I didn't say something at the time. I think I told Brandon about it later on. I remember this is actually one kid. It, it yeah. wasn't two, it was one kid. That had- and he came over and wanted to hang out, you know, rode his bike over and wanted to hang out with Brandon. And 
instead of, you know, Brandon's like, I can't, you know, he was mad. I can't, I got to do this yard work. Mm-hmm. And the kid just kind of laughed and laughed at him and then rode around the circle for a minute and then just kind of rolled off. And I was like, you know what? A good friend. He's like, gets off the bike, helps Brandon finish so he can get done faster yeah. so they can go hang out. Right. It just really, because I know I would have done that for my friends and I know my friends would have done that for me. And he has a friend that has done that for right. him. Right. And, he, yeah. and and what's interesting is I think Brandon learned over the years, like maybe that kid's not the best kid to really, you know, build a relationship with, a yeah. friendship with, because he, they're not friends anymore. No. It just, it just annoyed me. I'm like, you know what, dude? Get off the bike and help yeah. him finish faster. Well, that probably has more to do with, you know, how you raise your kids too. you know, to, to want to be a helper. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I, I, I guess in the perspective of a friendship. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. That's like, that was, and if I was in high school and, and Scott and Anthony came over, guess mm-hmm. what? They would have jumped off their bikes and helped me finish faster. Yeah. And I would have done the same for them. Uh, same. Right. Yeah. I would have done the same. I don't know. Did you, that, it just an interesting side note. And I, I did have that conversation with Brandon down the road at some point. I don't remember when, but he was really young when that happened. Yeah. Maybe 13. Yeah. They were riding bikes and yeah. it, it was no cars. Yeah. So anyways, I digress. <laughs> so enough about friendships. Yeah. Let's move on to dating. Right. Cause these are, these are going to have potentially much more positive or negative impacts. Mm-hmm. On your on your kids, right? it, it will have an impact on on your child, regardless. Mm-hmm. You know whether it's positive or negative. Especially, they're very young, um, probably hormonal and emotional too, because they're teenagers. <laughs> and again, we can you know our perspective as parents is only with, from the the boy side. We don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was a teenage girl, I so understand. I can. But you've never been a parent of a teenage girl, no, so it's, it's I can just, just speak from. You know, all the emotions that you put me through. Oh, playing. please. This <laughs> love and. The roller just, coaster. Just no. butterflies all the time in your stomach. <laughs> that is true. Well, first off, I mean, how much do you let them hurt, right? When you see your mm-hmm. child, you know, maybe talking to a girl or, you know, if you have daughters and they're talking to boys and, and they're hurting because maybe the boy or the girl isn't really reciprocating or giving them the same either type of attention or respect or whatever it may be. And again, for Dylan, this is 13. He's not there yet, Mm -hmm. but let's say in the next couple of years, he has his first major crush and they start talking and, you know, maybe they're not exclusive and she's talking to other people and, you know, that really hurts his feelings. So how much do we let him kind of experience that hurt before we step in, you know, and kind of pull him aside to have maybe, I think a general rule is, making sure they're not being abused, not necessarily physically or anything worse, but kind of emotional abuse is what I'm kind of referring to here. Right. Like obviously physical or other types of uh, abuse. That stop, that's that a, that's an immediate, but how do you gauge emotional abuse? You know, mm-hmm. it, that's a little harder and then vice versa. Make sure that you're teaching your kid not to, mm-hmm. you know, what you're doing is emotionally abusing that person. You don't realize it, yeah. but you are. That's that one's tough, right? Like that's that's the, mm-hmm. my general rule as far as I see it. Right. You know, this per you know if, if that person is is emotionally like really just not not treating your kid well, mm-hmm. you've got to step in because yeah. there's 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 permanent damage that could be done versus like I don't disagree. A if they're, puppy love, broken heart, right? right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> first first and foremost, I think when you're having your conver- that initial conversation with your child about dating before they even start I dating, agree. it's teaching them how to guard their heart. Yeah. And you know, obviously, it's kind of 
easier said than done with that first crush. You can fall pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But also having that conversation and maybe preparing them that, you know, there may come a time when you break up and and it's going to hurt and that's okay. Um, But really teaching them not to give their entire heart and control of their emotions over to someone else. But if you see recurring, oh yeah, if you see unhealthy behavior though, and obviously Again, you know, if you're the house, it's the hangout. More than likely, that person's probably in your home, too, the girl or their boy. And you can probably pick up on maybe some behavior that would be unhealthy if that truly is happening. But if you see some changes in your teen, like changes in their mood or maybe changes in their energy level, I think that's probably a tell uh, for teens. You know your child. You can tell when something is wrong, when they're upset. So, you know, I think at that time, that's probably you know that light bulb moment to have that conversation with your child and in that conversation i think that you need to also make sure that your your teen knows they're aware of what unhealthy behavior consists of Mm -hmm. they need to know what's unhealthy you know maybe they don't know okay well maybe this person maybe it'll get better you know they'll keep telling themselves it'll get better or we can work it out but they need to know what unhealthy behavior consists of and when enough is enough and when to walk away from a toxic relationship. Yeah. And how to recognize the mm-hmm. the signs of that. Right. It's hard, right? It's, I don't it's, think that's an easy conversation. No, to have. And you don't want to see your child hurt. I mean, that's definitely as a mom, I don't want to see my boys yeah, you know, I feeling remember that well. <laughs> it brings up another little anecdote. I remember when I was... Um, when What's I was that? up when we were up in New York and I was kind of waiting tables slash bartending at that little that little fine dining restaurant there was this gentleman that always used to come in and sit mm-hmm. the same spot every every time he came in yeah and we got to talking he had teenage daughters and he said it's so hard as a dad mm-hmm. to you know be sitting there in the living room see your daughter come in crying and she runs upstairs and she's just crying her eyes out because of boy because of a boy yeah nothing nothing terrible just they broke up kind of yeah. thing but he said it's really hard as a dad to you can't there's really nothing you can do mm-hmm. right so it's you know it's like my brother when he was talking about his his teenage daughter when she gets emotional he's like i don't know what to do i'm just gonna buy her a milkshake <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my solution it's just, i don't know if know. that'll work with a breakup you right. know, when you get older. But I, th- I think it's funny because yeah. like there's really you know sometimes you just have to just let them cry and mm-hmm. be there be there for them right be don't come support. in and try to like i can save the day give me his number yeah or like i mean because <laughs> you know sometimes their friends will tell them to you know you need to you need to get back at him or get back at her, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that doesn't end well. Well, I'm sure, you know, that's one thing if teens are going to have their friends chiming into any one of these situations. That's why you as a parent need to be their go-to. Yeah. Because they need to know kind of like what I said earlier, right? If they're going to seek that relationship and who's, Mm -hmm. who's speaking into their, your kid's life. if, If they don't feel that they can trust you or that you're too overbearing, guess what? They're going to seek out Mm -hmm. those other people. Right. And you don't know what they're saying to them. That's true. They need to know that mom and dad are a safe place, that they're going to get the best advice. It may not be advice they want to hear, but they need to know that mom and dad are always looking out for them. They have their best interests at heart and that you're a safe place so they can share anything without feeling judgment or anger. Just like I said earlier, you need to be a listening ear first. Don't interrupt. Just like be a listening ear. Yeah. Balanced against the fact that we're the parents. We're not your friends. We're your parents, and it's our job to raise you. Mm-hmm. But you know, 
man, it's, that's a tough balance. Cause it's, it's e- let's be honest. It's probably easier mm-hmm. to just be the disciplinarian parent and be like, these are the rules you follow the rules or their consequences versus, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, but when they're that hurting, relationship. Yeah. When they're hurting, that's not really going against a rule per se or no, boundary. no good point. But I'm just saying, just like you said with that dad, he couldn't do anything, even if he bought her a milkshake, right? I mean, it's not really going to be the ultimate bandaid for that hurt that she's probably going to experience for, I don't know, a few weeks, maybe months, mm-hmm. but just kind of being that added support and being a listening ear when they do want to talk about it so they can talk through it. You know, you don't want to leave, I think it, you don't want to leave a teenager alone with those emotions. You know, they're Agreed. learning how to navigate their emotions. There's their, that's why I said they're very emotional. They're hormonal. They haven't gone through these things. They're a lot of this is a first experience. Their, their brains aren't fully developed right. period. There's not, they, they haven't developed all those emotional, that emotional intelligence to, mm-hmm. to manage that kind of stuff. Right. Oh man. Horm- hormonal teenagers. I, you know, I love my boys. It makes me even more happy sometimes when I think about hormonal, te- hormonal teenagers that we don't have teenage girls running around screaming and yelling and crying. Yeah. I don't know how fun. you would handle that. Maybe I just sure. like the girl from like two to like 10 and then once they're and adults, when they're adult girl, you know, women, and mm-hmm. they could be my older daughters, skip, nice. skip the teenage years. Well, I don't know. Sorry I'm to say kidding. we only, we have boys. So <laughs> I, I love my boys. <laughs> well, lastly, I think we should talk about the impact of social media. Yeah. Cause right? it's, it's mean, a kind of a game changing thing here. Like this is, mm-hmm. we, you know, since we do have good relationship with relationships with our mm-hmm. sons more so with Brandon that's the older and he shares a lot mm-hmm. it's kind of we were just talking about this last week when we had dinner together like yeah it's crazy yeah the way social media right now is it, is basically the driving force behind the social scene or dating mm-hmm. you know um it wasn't that way when we were in high school no you know we didn't have we had a phone and you didn't have call waiting so a lot of times yeah. it was like we didn't one even line. have cell phones no which sounds crazy to anybody under, you know, what, 30 years old, but. But if you couldn't get through to me at that time, because. That was it. Because I didn't have call <laughs> waiting. You have to go drive by your house. Yeah, you'd have to drive by, or you just have to wait. You know, now right. it's like everybody wants this immediate gratification, you know, being, being able to have access to you at all times. And that's almost, you know, right now, especially with Dylan's very young. Um, now there's a plethora of, you know, social media platforms that kids can, or teens, um, can log into and connect with other people. And so I think that that's definitely terrifying because you don't want to have, you don't want anyone just to have access to your teenager right. that's or still, any other That's still team. the boundary right. component, right? But, but then, you know, also even if they're friends with someone, right? If they're friends mm-hmm. with someone on Instagram or Snapchat, um, obviously Tinder's not even on the radar for him, but you know, Young adults, I'm sure they're on Tinder, or I'm sure there's some teenagers on Tinder. Um, but when you put yourself out like out there like that, and let's say a friendship maybe goes south, yeah, that friend or ex friend or whatever um, may use that opportunity to then you know negatively speak into your child's life, bring them down, bully them, have other people say and do negative things, which to certainly media, happens which is, in person. But it's so much easier oh, to do so it much, online. It's a right? cowardly it's, thing to do. But everybody's got like digital courage, like like yeah. they say, liquid courage. You get digital courage I'm hiding to, behind the screen. Hiding, yeah, yeah. You don't have to face that person, and vice versa. You know it. You've got to be careful, I think, and teach your kid to not let your guard down Mm -hmm. because it's easy. I think on social media, there's not that human to human interaction Mm -hmm. 
face-to-face human-to-human interaction. It's it's different dynamic, whether you want to, whether your kid is the one hurting somebody, right. right? Just saying something mean, you know, for Dylan, it's more like kids say mean things because they're 13, not, mm-hmm. not like flat out hurting people yeah. like maybe older kids do. But you hear these stories of, you know, online abuse and digital abuse and kids mm-hmm. committing suicide because of it. It's terrible. Yeah. So like you've got to teach your kid like don't don't let your guard down mm-hmm. emotionally don't let everybody in yeah you definitely can't. want to teach them how to use discernment when you know they're engaging with other people or making new friends and then of course like I said earlier with you know whether it's TikTok or Snapchat or Instagram um, that you know parents need to monitor those things and encourage yeah. your child to bring something to you if there's anything negative that comes their way. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to also, again, feel like they're not being a tattletale, but they're bringing it to their parents' attention. Um, we didn't, this, that'll be completely new for us, honestly, because Brandon didn't have any of that. But he's, but you know, he's, he still comes to us. I know he's an adult, but he comes to us just last week. We yeah, were, just chatting like, about what it, is, but not like bullying, just like talking no, about how things have was, changed. I know it, but it yeah. was like in the dating context, like, whatever whatever protocol you mm-hmm. what you say and how you say it and when you say it and it's totally what different. status you say it's like it blows my mind like i don't know because he was asking about what should i say about this girl and yeah. i said something if it was like a normal face-to-face conversation you would have said and he's like no it can't say that on t- on snapchat it's not just not how people communicate anymore i was like well because you used to write me a note me. used to write me notes <laughs> i know but if you go back to like the fact that that can have really potentially negative impact on people mm-hmm. and, and your kids. So like, it sounds stressful, honestly. Right? I think it sounds stressful to me. I These mean, kids I like are getting the so wrapped up in things that are like instant, instantly. How long did it take you to write me a note? I don't know. A while. Really? Did you stress about it though? I, but it was like once it, you drop no, the note in my locker, no, you're like thing, no. waiting for an immediate oh, response. Well, not immediate, but yeah, it's the same type of nervous anxiety, but it's not, instant yeah that's what i'm saying with this continuous and ongoing and then the second you move on to something else it's like it's non-stop Mm -hmm. it's literally like non-stop for these kids it really is and i I think that it also is robbing kids of the opportunity to really learn how to communicate face to face oh and really learn what they like who they like and and build a connection with someone this is stealing because you can pretend you can you can pretend to be basically anyone you want to be Mm -hmm. on any of these social platforms for who's doing that to your kids right mm-hmm. which is why you got to monitor everything oh yeah that too you don't even know if it's a teenager yeah and that's Who why knows I, it is. I mean and i think we taught brandon pretty well that general sense of mm-hmm. being very careful a stranger danger yes Not i never stranger, had a yeah. Yeah, stranger danger it is a stranger it is I, I know, brandon I, was always great about stranger kids, danger he was he was but i mean what i'm thinking is more like you know who do you let into your heart mm-hmm. and who do you let speak into your life yeah and don't just let anybody, you know, that you come across or friends with digitally mm-hmm. speak into your life. I think part of it is a learning experience. Yeah, um, sure. You know, we obviously can't control every no. step of that process. Part of it's a learning experience. But one thing that we have done a really great job with, and I've obviously I know that w- this will continue with Dylan, is having that open communication with the boys so they can share those things. Because if you don't know, there's no way we can help. Right. If we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if we really maybe had those conversations when we were in high school with our parents. I know I didn't. No. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of like going through that 
process. And that's not a knock on, on our own. parents. It's no, just, no, no. I it feel like things have changed, it, yeah, right? And so, their life was completely different than, yeah. there's still principles around boundaries. It's Absolutely. Just, it's, it's just, just where I think you put the, the boundaries are different. Right. And I think the communication piece, the way maybe parents communicated with their teens in the past. Okay. So that's just changed, right? I think it's, it's really encouraged now to have that open communication. I'm not saying every parent does that, but now we recognize that, that it needs to be that way now with all of these other avenues of communication between from teen to teen and friend to friend. Um, it's the only way you're going to know exactly what's going on with your child outside of the monitoring process. And they need to know that it's a safe place. So I would absolutely encourage everyone to keep that open communication and monitor, you know, the social media and yeah, find continue that, to set those boundaries. Whatever that, that looks like in your home. In your house and with your kids between boundaries and parenting that you are their parents, not mm-hmm. their friends, versus having relationship with your kids. Right. Not just a and not a friendship relationship, but a, a kind of a peer to peer in a way. Right. Not peer to peer. You know what I'm saying? Like that they like you said, they have that trusting, open communication with you. Mm-hmm. As though they yeah, would, that's not they would have with a friend. But you're not friends. Because you're ultimately their parents. But you're their safe place. Safe place. Yeah. yeah. You're their safe place. Well, we hope this was helpful to you guys. Yeah. And obviously this is kind of, you know, we're starting. Dylan just turned 13 this year. So Round two. We're doing this. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and things have changed, right? The environment has changed. Social media has changed. So some of these things, obviously, we're also adjusting around how he's having access to friends. And, um, but, you know. And on a side can, note on that, you know as a parent it, it's it's worth you know googling what's the latest trends in social media and how you can keep mm-hmm. tabs on it right because things change and kids right. are smart and they try to outsmart parents so we track xbox because there's a whole communication platform through that we we track his phone down to the to the app right not just down to a screenshot if we wanted no i can't no that's what i'm saying we can if we wanted to like look at every screenshot we could yeah it, you know but we, we filter and we monitor. Mm-hmm. It's really important. These There's just so much out there. And don't don't be, it's not just the phone. Mm-hmm. It's Xbox. It's any form of communication. That yeah, they, Xbox Any way well. that they can attach themselves to the, to the internet. In. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. Well, we hope this was helpful to any of the parents out there that have teenagers. Yeah. We realize some of our listeners are maybe parents of babies or maybe you're not quite parents yet. We but TikTok guess what? for seven-year-olds soon enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tender, tender for nine-year-olds. <laughs> but I mean, this is just the world that we live in. I think it's yeah. constantly changing and I think it's helpful to have these conversations. And again, you know, it's really great to, I know for myself, have conversations with other parents. So we hope this was helpful. It's a really great yeah. way for all of us to collaborate on how we can keep our kids safe and really help them to thrive within those friendships, those relationships they have, and really just best, you know, guide them, give them the best guidance as they teach them to be strong, young adults. Yeah. And that, that no, strong not like bull strong and, but, and learn not to, <laughs> and basically ultimately, sorry, learn, you just said that really funny. I had to like, all right, uh, it, was, it was funny. I'll give you <laughs> I'll give you strong like bull. I don't even remember what that's from. I don't know either. It just evolved. It just came into my mind. But uh, no, you want them, you got to, you know, ultimately you can't keep them forever, right? You can't put them in a bubble their whole life and you have to teach them well, that now, balance. Well, now you can. Literally like we're cor- in a bubble, right? You but, could go to restaurants and actually eat in a bubble. Oh gosh, don't get me started on this. No, there's actually, there's these cute igloos. I, no. Those actually look cute. I, I would, reject the I would do idea an igloo. of a bubble eating in a bubble. <laughs> I'll just stay home. That's a whole. 
we'll just stay that's home a whole nother episode and make pancakes i can make all kinds of enemies if i uh went down my please my, don't my thoughts please don't <laughs> please refrain will, okay we refrain. won't we won't we won't go out but we'll, then you're gonna have to stay home and eat the pancakes that i attempt to make all right i'll shut my mouth <laughs> no not that's that. all i'll get about not that <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. I hope we hope this was was good kind of advice and some kind of peering into our thoughts on how we have trained and are training our mm-hmm. our teenage boys. So, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we will see you later. Bye, guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if so, please continue to listen and subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We would greatly appreciate positive reviews, and we will answer any questions at feedback at destinationmarriagepodcast.com. For up-to-date content and news about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at destination underscore marriage and visit our website at destinationmarriagepodcast.com. Be sure to tune in next week.